Spudge was a remarkable dog. She was remarkable in many ways, but particularly remarkable in the sense that everyone who ever crossed her path had something to say or a story to tell about her. She had a self-worth and a self-importance that I have never seen equalled by anyone. Though I feel she still saw herself as superior to him, she was Phil's dog. That one man and his dog trope is not unusual, but in this case it was the dog that had chosen her man. Spudge had been astray. Even later on when I knew her, she was still what you would call streetwise. She was tough, sharp-eyed and sharp-toothed. How long she'd been astray was unclear, but one day she had just walked in off the street into an office in the centre of the city, almost as if she was looking for a job. She walked up to Sally, a friend of Phil's, who temporarily took responsibility of her. I'm not sure of the exact sequence of events, but very soon after that, responsibility had been passed on to Phil. It may have been Sally who gave Spudge her name. I think it was how she had described her to Phil. It seemed to stick anyway. Phil would often tell the story of how a few weeks, or it could even have been a few days after taking Spudge in, a woman accosted them both in a pub. She was rude and rich and insisted that Spudge, or whatever name she had said she was called, belonged to her. She called and called this name and Spudge remained oblivious to her. Phil had said something like, well why don't we let her decide? And Spudge made her decision very clear, she was sticking with Phil. Whether Spudge had ever really belonged to this woman is hard to know, but I would not have put it past her to just walk away from someone who was just not good enough for her. You hear many stories of dogs going great distances to return to their owners, or of great acts of loyalty, but Spudge might have been the only dog ever just to walk out and leave her owner. Even the concept of an owner would have offended her. If anything, she now owned Phil. Phil would later begin a relationship with Lucy, which I feel Spudge may have somewhat resented. She didn't have anything personally against Lucy, but her presence would have been seen as a challenge to her position in the hierarchy. Lucy, fortunately, I don't think saw it quite the same way, so to Spudge that would have counted as a submission. Lucy had a son called Gerard. Spudge really liked him. She might have just been a bit sexist towards females. Spudge would go on to have a litter of puppies that remarkably all looked entirely different. For example, the two puppies that were kept, Jessie and Pharaoh, Pharaoh was sleek and silvery and Jessie was scruffy and sandy. Spudge was black. Phil and Lucy would have a child of their own, me. My existence was probably the biggest challenge to Spudge's seniority within the pack. She was the head dog and I was the lowest human. But did my infancy take priority over her? Spudge was highly protective of me, she truly loved me, but I grew up knowing what my place was, and that place was beneath her. The problem was that she took pride in me, and my whole life I felt that she instilled in me a sense of self-worth and self-importance much like her own. As a toddler I grew arrogant, as toddlers do, and on one occasion challenged Spudge's superiority. Our house, a surprisingly large Victorian terrace, the sort that the middle management types would have once lived in before they realised that living that close to smaller back-to-backs where the mill workers lived was a bad idea, was cold. The large rooms and free floors of open stairwells and landing made the house almost impossible to heat, with a couple of gas fires anyway. The prime spot in the house was to be laid out on the rug directly in front of the gas fire. Spudge would always be the one to lay closest to the fire, with Pharaoh, Jessie or myself often piled up beside her. However, on this one particular evening, I made the decision to push my luck and push in front of Spudge. Phil would often have to tell people, 
usually as they were fawning over how cute Spudge looked, cute being a term she would have taken great offence to, not to get too close to her face or she might bite them. Often they would say something like, what, a lovely dog like this, as they put their faces close to hers and then be totally shocked and surprised when she did in fact try to bite them. Knowing Spud, she probably only did it when Phil warned them, just to prove the point. Her bites, or snaps for the most part, were precise. She would know exactly how close to snap, or exactly how hard to bite. When I nudged her out of the way of the fire, she whipped round and sunk her teeth into my cheek. It wasn't a full bite, but it was just enough to puncture my skin, to leave a mark. I still have the four faint scars of her canine teeth on my face, a permanent reminder of my place.